Welcome to the GeoMob Podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, whether for fun or profit. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the GeoMob Podcast. Today, I'm delighted to have an old friend and former geo-collaborator, collaborator, Adam Devander, here on the show. Um, Adam, today, is the founder of a consultancy called Every Developer, and I'll, I'll let him talk and explain about exactly what that is. Uh, he and I worked together many years ago on a geospatial library, JavaScript library called Mapstraction. He wrote a book about that. Um, I, but today we're not going to talk about that book. We're going to talk about his new book, which is called Developer Marketing Does Not Exist. So the book covers developers generally, but I think it's highly relevant in the geospatial space because uh, many of the techniques are applicable. Um, and and many of the problems that he addresses, I think, are are rampant in the geospatial space. So so I'm very excited uh, for our conversation. Adam, welcome to the show. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, Ed. And uh, you know, I yeah, I'm I still love geo, even though I can't spend as much time in it as I as I used to. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about how those ideas about developer marketing if that's even a thing, uh, can be applied. Um, yeah. tell, tell us exactly what you do now. What is, what is every developer? Yeah, so, well, I mean, my background is kind of that, you know, the classic developer turned journalist turned marketer that you hear about all the time. No, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, but that is, I'm an, I call myself an accidental marketer. And, uh, and so every developer helps companies with technical products better reach the right people who will adopt and use their product. And so certainly there are open source uh, clients that we work with. Um, and, uh, and really that sort of idea of the technology and what it does and the story is a, a huge part of what has interested me even before I am doing what I'm doing now. And I mean, you, you alluded geo factors really heavily into my story. Even before the book on Mapstraction, uh, the reason I even got interested in it was solving geo problems. And I actually, I don't know if you know this, that I, I had a website. So I live in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. And the early 2000s, I had a website that helped people find Wi-Fi, like free Wi-Fi. Oh, right, town. okay. What, what, they, what did they call that? The people would go around with like the chalk and like mark up where the Wi-Fi the, was? Or whatever? The, the, the war driving, yeah. So it wasn't that. It was, it was intentionally free. So there are coffee shops or cafes, right, that provide. I mean, this is like almost everyone has that now. Right. But at this time in Portland, uh, there were about 54 in that, first, <laughs> in that first group. Not about, exactly 54 in that first group. And, uh, and so I kind of cataloged them. And the next thing, of course, you'd want to do is like, okay, but where's one that's, that's near me? Yeah. And would, would love to have put it on a map, but that was pre Google maps. Even the, like, help me find one nearby was a hard problem to solve. And, um, and I found some open source libraries, uh, a Perl library that Skylar Earl, uh, who, in that time frame, was pretty sure, sure. Uh, active in the in the geospace um, uh, that he created, and I've had the opportunity a couple times to thank him for that because that was sort of my entrance into it. And it was still, even with the library, hard. I had to download census data and you know, munge it all together. And so, 
really coming at that that geo the geo space from that point of I'm someone that wants to build something and it's hard and and we all can teach each other. I yeah. wish I could say it's gotten much easier, but uh, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. But but when I, I let's let's focus more on what your work now at every developer because sure. because this is a big big problem in geo is that I think a lot of people they fixate a lot of a lot of the practitioners a lot of the developers in the in the geo space they're gonna they fixate on. Uh, you know, oh, we have this hard problem, and then I'm going to build this perfect solution to solve it. And you know, they tinker away and they come up with it. And at the end, no one uses it, right? Because they because they miss the marketing piece. Yeah. And and this is exactly what you're working on. And and actually, we should mention you you have distilled all of your wisdom in, into a new book, right? Which is called Developer Marketing Does Not Exist. Um, I've read the book. It's fantastic. I highly recommend everyone uh, check it out if you're if you're in a marketing role at all. Um, but uh, so so tell us about that. What, what, give us a brief overview of the book and and what the topics it explores, and then let's dive into some of them in detail. So uh, yeah, first of all, bold move to tell my my customers that they don't exist. But uh, the the idea of developer marketing does not exist is that when done right, it, it won't be visible. That's, uh, that really it's about how can, we, how can we reach those developers to help them solve those problems. I mean, I tell that story about my struggle with the, with the geocoder because I was one of those devs that was trying to get a thing done, just wanted to finish a project, right? right. And, um, and so that is the audience still whether it's a geo audience or a larger developer audience that uh they have they have problems that they want to solve and oftentimes the marketing gets in the way the hand wavy um sort of we will solve everything for you make it this highly scalable easy solution and devs go you know that seems seems like maybe not all of that is 100% true right yeah. <laughs> like um and so they have to kind of do the work to figure out like what's what's the real story here because clearly the one that I'm being fed is not the full the full version. And so the book goes into how can you approach that in an authentic way to be able to to help developers and through that they are more likely to become your customers. So first of all, what are the mistakes people are are basically making? What are what are the things that you see again and again that the developers get wrong when they try to target their customers? Yeah, and it's and I mean it's not just developers who are making these mistakes. A lot of times, um, it might be a marketer who has experience in with non-developer audiences and brings that same kind of tool bag to the developer audience. Okay, uh, but you're right, even devs who you would think would be the best at, at sort of communicating those have have those make those same mistakes too. So things like uh, not being aware of the full developer journey. You get so focused into your little area, your product, um, that, that you forget that <laughs> there's something that someone's doing before they have actually found you. <laughs> so kind of not being able to zoom out of that developer journey um, is one mistake. Uh, one that devs for sure make often is the kind of 
just the facts approach to content. Like, oh, like I'll I'll just I'll I put the docs out there. Like, what? Why aren't people able to figure out like what they can do with this? Because it's out there. I see. So they they what's miss missing, the use case and the is that yes, a, exactly. Okay. <laughs> yep. So missing, yeah, missing how it, yeah how it would be used. Missing like what's the opinion even that you that you have. Um, and a lot of times people might not realize that they have an opinion, but any company, any open source project is started with some kind of opinion. I mean, there's a reason why it is needed in the world. And so what is that opinion? Is it that it's too hard to do this other way? Is it that the trade-offs doing it the the other way are maybe that you work with the giant company that you would rather not work with, uh, you know, right. Lots of, uh, lots of trade-offs there. And those, those need to be formed in opinions and, and shared out so that you attract the right developers who agree with that. I mean, if someone's deep in the Microsoft ecosystem, just as an, to pick an example of one of those large companies, uh, it, it's unlikely that you're going to pull them out of that ecosystem, but it, you will definitely attract the people who are outside of that ecosystem if that's your opinion. Um, and then uh, the the last, like the the really big one, is kind of the which I've alluded to already is the product first rather than problem first uh, kind of approach, where it's really just you're leading with your product and you and you need to lead with with the problem that it solves with the use cases. Yeah. This is the, where people just kind of list out the specs of what it can do rather than explaining why that would be relevant at all. We see that quite a lot in, in geospatial. I, I, I guess one, one given our audience, how, how would you say marketing? I mean, so we, we have a lot of people who are, their product maybe is not a commercial product, but an open source project yeah okay so they're, they're building some tool and they want to get let's say the marketing is like you know a how do i get people to use the tool but b also how do i get collaborators any any tips or advice there of, or yeah so i mean i on the surface it should be easier for open source to attract <laughs> developers because there's no ulterior motive like that's often in the marketing what devs see is they're not telling me the truth because they want me to uh to pay for it or they want me to recommend it to my cio or, yeah. or whatever it is right like like what is the thing that someone wants well in open source i mean it should be about bettering the community right so you uh, now, sometimes you'll have a company that is attached to the open source, and that's its own sort of walking that line between what, <laughs> which one are we promoting right now, right? right? Yeah. But, uh, but I like you. I still see some of those same mistakes that that come through of of not focusing enough on what it does. I mean, in the in that same era that I made the Wi-Fi site, I would go to meetups that were all about. Like we all love Pearl here, and it's all about Pearl, and it's not about what is what are we doing with Pearl? What is the like what what are the things that we're actually achieving with it? And so I think that that can that focus on the te- we love the technology can happen, and that will attract some developers to it. But uh, 
it's less likely to attract that sort of uh, problem solving, like the the user developers who will, which I think is likely a prerequisite to have a good contributor, which is the other thing you mentioned also, right? Someone who will actually bring their code back. It's hard to imagine someone uh, or many hacking hacking code that they aren't first a user of to at least understand that perspective. When, one of the themes that, that comes, out through, comes up throughout your book is this idea of uh, education versus promotion. And so maybe, maybe take us through that a bit. Explain that concept for us. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad that, <laughs> glad that comes through. And maybe it's because I, I smashed it over, over the heads of every reader in every single chapter. But that's, uh, that is the, the overall philosophy of the book for sure is, is to educate rather than promote. And that does go back to that product first would be promoting and problem first is saying, Hey, you know, this, this issue that other developers like me might have, here's one way that I've solved it. And so being able to walk someone through that, um, that solution. And one, one example of that, that, uh, it's not in Geo, but that I've uh, lately been pointing to is the LogRocket blog. Um, and I think it's blog.logrocket.com. What, what do uh, they do at LogRocket? They... And yeah, and uh, so LogRocket itself is kind of front end analytics. Okay. And so they'll record sessions, they'll look for errors and, and you know, put them into a log, uh, right? Yeah. All of these sort of sort of things. That's what the product does. Their blog is all about front end topics. It's basically like if if it didn't have Log Rocket at the top, you might think that it's just a a front end publication that you know written by people who love front end development. I see. And uh, and so that it's it's they they are purely educating they definitely have a couple of posts here and there that mention their product and if a lot of them when you get to the bottom of the of the post you might see a mention of their product but they've already 80 percent of the post has already been about something that's not directly connected to their product and is about helping educate that audience and um and so they're they're an example i point point to now because i think if you could if you can pull off the being a publication and then still have that make sense for your business, right. uh, that's really the ideal because once devs come through that, they will, they will love that you have been educating them, <laughs> that you've been the one that they've gone to for the resource, in this case, on front-end dev. So I guess the idea there's by, by creating this authentic educational content over time, you attract that relevant audience, and then the, you know they, there's a, an association with your brand. I, the, the challenge there, and a, and a trust, and that, a trust that gets yeah. built up. Yeah, the, the big challenge there. I mean, you know, so at, at my own geospatial startup, we, we we try to do the exact same things, and that the challenge is though, as a small business, you know, we have limited resources, and it's uh, you know it's hard. It's a lot of work to do well and authentically. And continually, you know, it's not enough to write, you know, one interesting post or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that can, you know, generate some some initial interest, but but really, it's an ongoing thing to to build up this community. And 
that's really where I see the challenge is for, for a startup, you know, how to devote that many resources to this ongoing thing. And I, I so where I've seen it done best is through consistency. So, so that, you know, you don't have to look at log rockets blog and say, wow, they publish 20 times a month or whatever it is. So that's what we have to do. Yeah. But rather to have that, have that consistent drumbeat at a level that you can maintain, maintain, right. And knowing that that will be useful, hopefully to attract new customers, but also that there'll be things that continue to, to build the trust of your current customers. Also that there's maybe some, some dual purpose you can use. I know uh, we had talked about that before with the, the guide, um, uh, on reverse geocoding that's yeah. you know that's a thing that gets a gets a footer link gets maybe sent out in some emails if you if you do those right that it's it can be used in in multiple ways and we hope also attracts new devs who want to learn something about uh, about this yeah but yeah it's uh how much you can uh can devote to it for sure. I mean, I, but I don't think it's one of those things where, um, where, I mean, I, I have seen that it is not where you have to sort of do a whole bunch before it means anything. And there was a time where content marketing, that was the case. It was definitely volume, uh, a volume game. But, uh, I think if you, if you start with that sort of, what are the problems, then you're automatically going to things that will be relevant to the audience also. So you're starting hopefully, hopefully from a place that gives you a better shot at, at what that content is, as opposed to, oh, well, you know, it's the second Tuesday, so we have to put up our blog post. What can we write about? Oh, how about let's implement this thing with our product? And that's... Um, less likely to get new folks. Yeah, you you see a lot of that, of people just turning yeah. out content. Or worse, it's obviously they've, you know, just outsourced this to someone else who, who you know, frankly doesn't really understand the topic, obviously has no yeah. passion for the topic, and it's just it's just regurgitated content. And it's, it's a real turnoff, yeah. I have to say. Yeah, um, yep. Any... Any particular th- thoughts on geospatial uh, marketing and geospatial versus tech in general? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and with the caveat that I haven't been deep into it in a while, but I'm um, having seen a bunch of different spaces uh, in our work at every developer. There's a stack that every space has that <laughs> that developers are familiar with. These are. Uh, complementary tools, hopefully. Some of them might be competitive tools to to whatever listeners have. Um, but there's kind of that, that known group. And that's when you start to think about that developer journey, it's like, what are those? What are those tools? And so, you know, Google Maps or Mapbox uh, might be might be a just it's a reality of <laughs> of the space you're in. So is OpenStreetMap, which has, I mean, you have shown with OpenCage has lots of potential to be able to be built upon, right? So uh, being able to start with those tools that that people already are using or are familiar with, 
or at least curious about, right? Like I would, I would guess that a lot more people have poked around at OpenStreetMap than have downloaded all the data and <laughs> and built it all, right? Like, uh, yeah, you're right because you're that's right. a that's a commitment. There, there are many yeah. people. It, it has an existing community, and there are people that that want to play with it, want to learn about it, want to want to go deeper than just superficial browse the website. So. Yeah, that that is an audience we try to tap into. And then you you might also look at ways of like how can you bring your geospatial tech to another community, and that was that was actually my my interest in geo was as a web dev. I you know I didn't want to install a bunch of Esri tools and mess around with shape files. Uh, I wanted something that. I could make work with uh, the web that I was already using. Right. And uh, and so the reason that I got involved in Mapstraction in the first place was I realized, oh, if I build for this one map, what happens <laughs> when it changes in the future or when, you know, some, when I want to use someone else? Uh, and so that was, so the Mapstraction library was, is I no? It, it's not I, very. I mean, it, I, <laughs> yeah, I, obviously, yeah. I think I think you still can find it on the internet. The code exists. It, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's not. Uh, it's not really useful in that regard. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but at a time where a lot of mapping APIs were coming out, the idea was to be able to sit on top of it. And so, what was interesting to me was how can I, how can I easily tap into, sort of that geospatial knowledge that's already that's already there. And there were lots of problems in that, and that time frame also of, you know, how do you store your, your points and what can you do with that? That's uh, yeah, that was, so, I mean, some of these problems are still out there and, and relevant. Uh, you know, I don't know if there's a go-to geo database now, for example, right? Well, it's very interesting actually, because on the one hand, Obviously, the technology has advanced a lot, and we have we have these companies like Mapbox and and many others now who have, you know, created all kinds of really cool technologies, lots of open source technologies, and so the things you can do now. I mean, you know, now you can have your three D maps where you're flying through it and all this kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's really cool. And on the other hand, we see again and again and again people coming to Geomob, or, or we've had several people here on the podcast, with the use case of, I'm just trying to make it dead simple for normal people, right? Yeah. And they, you yeah. know, like, um, we had an app, a guy this summer, an interview with a guy, his app is called Pindrop, and it's all it is is putting pins in locations. You know, yeah. which, you, which, you know, from a technical standpoint, you're like, um, yeah, we, we solved this, man. You know, but, but, it has very loyal users because it he focuses purely on the usability on on making it absolutely yeah. simple, um, and so so it's interesting that you have the full spectrum going from, you know, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, people trying to build geospatial apps that their grandmother could use, all the way through to people who are like you know trying to do AI visual you know super cutting edge kind of stuff, so. Um, the problem is with all that going on, it's easy for your message to get lost in the muddle, you know. So I, I, I really think marketing is is more and more critical. So, who give us give us some examples? Um, 
of, of yeah. companies you think that are doing well. Yeah, I mean, maybe not in geospatial, but companies that are good that are marketing to, at tech, to technical audiences. I, I know you often have case studies on your blog and on your site and on your newsletter, but um, take us through a couple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so I mentioned the the Log Rocket blog. Yep. That's that's another one that uh that for sure to to check out for someone that's doing that well. On the less blog fronts, um I would look at so Netlify has a site that's now entirely under jamstack.org. Um and a couple of things that they have on there uh that I think started as individual sites and that now they are back are are resources for the community. So there's a like a directory of headless CMS tools. And you can go through and you can filter, I just want to see open source or I want to see ones that have APIs. And then they have the same thing for a static generator. And there are other things in the Jamstack site now, but those are the two that really jump out at me as kind of creating this tool that's super useful to, to the community that helps them find the things they need to build things. It just so happens for Netlify, it makes a ton of sense because they host primarily static sites. And so people are going to need a static site generator and probably some way to be able to store the, the data and a headless CMS makes sense for that. So, uh, so that's one that I really like in terms of kind of that bridging that, uh, community resource and clearly good marketing for the company um, kind of tool. Uh, and then, so you mentioned every developer and how we're looking at things. One of the recent ones, you go to everydeveloper.com slash companies. And it's on the surface, a, a gallery of screenshots of homepages of dev focused companies but I go back to that and just kind of click through in, in full screen and notice patterns myself. We've noted a few of them in, a, in our own blog post, but looking at just what are, what are companies doing, what are, what are things that are only in a few of these, what is everyone doing, and is that something that I would want to incorporate into my company? And so one of them that might be relevant here, uh, very few have open source in the in the global nav in the, in the and header. one that does is in the yeah yeah um and one that does is gatsby and so and that's a that's a you know uh an open source project and a company and so looking at how they kind of thread that especially for those that that have that kind of uh or at least have an open source project and maybe have goals of of being able to have a company out of that. Um, looking at how how Gatsby organizes documentation, organizes things around kind of that open source piece, but it's all within still this frame of of a company. Okay, very cool. We'll 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 make sure we get all those linked in the in the show yeah. notes so people can check things out. Um, so, um, as we kind of wrap up here, Adam, what are, what are any final messages or, or for, for geospatial marketers trying to attract a technical audience or any, any quick low-hanging fruit we can leave people with? Besides, of course, the obvious one that they should purchase your book and, and learn it all. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, I think, um, 
going back again to that concept of the journey, um, you know, one one maybe less buzzwordy way to <laughs> to think of that is to think about how developers are solving their problem without your product now and to to start from that point of view. So imagine your product is not in the world. And it doesn't mean that what you have to do is create the definitive guide that educates them on that, though that's one approach that I know we've talked about. But it's sort of, can you understand that point of view? And then how can you meet them at that spot where where they are and before your product is mentioned? And uh, and I think I think thinking through those problems outside of the product can help people to um, to take that problem first approach rather than rather than product first approach. Okay, good advice. Good advice. And with that, if if people want to learn more, there's no way around it. They're going to have to get the book. So, how can they go about doing that? How can they get the book? So the easiest way would be to go to everydeveloper.com and you'll see you'll see it right up in our our global nav there and it does make an an excellent uh gift around around the holidays for uh, the the dev marketer in your life and also I've had a lot of developers tell me that they've read it and maybe it's because they have dreams of a startup or they just like that someone understands them <laughs> and they're like please have all the marketers that I have to deal with all the time read this book. Uh, so buy, buy it for the dev in your life also. Well, I, I can enthusiastically uh, recommend the book as well. I, I have bought it. I've read it. It's um, lots of good lessons. Also written in a very entertaining style, I have to say. So this is not some dry textbook. But, um, you know, and it's, it's substantial, but it's also not overwhelming. I mean, it's not 500 pages or anything. It's 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 a good yeah. good guide, good reference. You can kind of read it in a day or two and come out with a lot of good ideas. So, um, I do recommend it to any anyone listening. So, thank you very much, Ed. All right, man. How um, if if people still have questions, how can they best get in touch with you? Yeah, let's let's all chat about this on Twitter. You can find me at Adam D. All right. Then we we we'll we'll let people ping you on Twitter there, and of course we'll have the um, the website on the uh, in the show notes as well. Yeah, and and plenty of links. It sounds like so, <laughs> exactly. So we've given people we've given people some homework assignments. So come back and tell us how it goes. Very good. Um, all right. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Adam. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ed. Good to see you. Bye. Thanks for joining us today and listening to the GeoMob podcast. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Please get in touch with us if you have any feedback or suggestions for topics we should cover. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our monthly mailing list where we keep you informed about upcoming events. You can, of course, also follow us on Twitter where our handle is GeoMob. Thanks for listening and hope to see you at a GeoMob event soon.